0: And welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can, once and for all, answer the question: Who has better taste? I'm Hugh Dempsey, and joining me, as always, is Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam.
1: Hello, Hugh. Hello. <laughs> uh,
0: joining us also this week is Sam's friend and former guest on the show, Ben Dawson. Hi, Ben. Hi. S- Hi, Hugh. Hello,
2: Sam. How you doing? Hello.
0: Third time returning. Not too
2: bad. Third time, wow.
0: Return of the Mac once again. Ooh, third time's a charm. <laughs> You're not called Mac, but there you go. <laughs>
1: it's a rare yeah. one as well because it's not a horror film that Ben's joining us for. Well, no, it's not, is it? I'm excited about it though. Yeah, yeah. well yeah.
0: we did say we'd like to hear his uh, opinions on other genres of film. so uh, yeah. Shall we get into it then? Quick time. Do it do it it. hang around so last week as you would all know we said that we were going to look at uh, the 2017 film Blade Runner 2049 the highly anticipated sequel to the 1982 directed film uh, Blade Runner by directed by Ridley Scott even Blade Runner
1: yeah uh, we're in agreement on that but obviously Ridley wasn't here for directing uh, the sequel
0: no which yeah interesting choice um You know, we discussed a lot of Denis Villeneuve uh, in our uh, Arrival episode, so if you want to hear some of our thoughts on him, you go back and have a listen to that episode. Um, And yeah, but we're going to discuss him again. And I'm quite glad we watched Arrival first because I knew that this was the more visually striking film and it's always nice to see like a director's progression in terms of their cinematography work. Um, So that's one of the reasons I was quite keen to recommend this to Sam. I think it was when I liked
1: Arrival that you sort of that confirmed for you that we ought to do this film. You felt I think (laughs) emboldened that I might enjoy it. Indeed.
2: Makes sense. Indeed.
1: Ben, do you
0: want to kick us off then? Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to give you a quick, we're going to do a quick, quick brief summary of the plot and then Ben's going to tell us why we would recommend this film to Sam. Okay. Okay. So, Basically, set thirty years after the first Blade Runner, uh, this film follows uh, Ryan Gosling's character Kay. He's basically going round trying to unearth a mystery. At the very beginning of the film, he goes to investigate, and the plot snowballs from there. It's um, it's quite a dense plot. Um, so, yeah how would how would you both well how would you describe it Ben? Would you say it's it's not there's a big,
1: there's a big reveal, like at the very beginning of the film. Yeah, probably. so yeah. so we're in spoiler territory immediately, guys. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. S- so what I, don't, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that K K is a replicant. Um,
1: is he a replicant?
2: I think, well, <laughs> that's what that's what, what, what the way I understand it was that it set thir- There's a it sets thirty years after the original Blade Runner. There's a during that time there's been a, a blackout, whereas where all the records have been lost, so it's basically like a a clean slate. Uh yeah. and then that's when they uh, outlawed replicants because basically they didn't um they didn't know who was a replicant. Uh then this Neander Wallace came along who's played by Gerard Leto and he brought out this new replicant who was more easy to control and that this is that's what Kay is. He's one of these new replicants.
1: Yeah, um, so regardless of what happens in the rest of the film, certainly that's the setup that he That's is the setup, be, yeah. Uh, that's that's, that's, that's yeah, nine, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And then what yeah. from there um basically when Kay is you know doing his blade runner activities, he uh, finds
0: um yeah because his blade, his job as a blade runner yeah. is basically to find these original model right. replicants who have open ended um mm-hmm. life cycles and basically you know the euphemism for killing them is retire them right um, yeah. and so at the beginning of the film he goes to retire a, a replicant. Uh, of the original Nexus model yep. that there was uh, essentially it explains in the first film, but there's, there's the earth has colonies and these colonies, there was an uprising of the replicants. Right. Um, and there's, that's kind of the backstory that enriches this kind of world that you kind of know stuff like that about it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so
2: from, from that then he, he discovers basically what, what might be a, um, a replicant who has given birth to, to another, well, to another replicant. Um, yeah. So he goes on a, a basically a Voyager discovery. Um, his boss uh, wants to find it because she thinks it's going to cause a, a war between replicants and and humans. Um yeah, it's going to Wallace... cause a
0: paradigm shift, isn't it? Inside right. this right. whole this whole world that they all inhabit that yeah. if you know suddenly if replicants can have children then yeah. they're not gonna do the, they're not gonna want to do the jobs that they're designed to do and they're gonna stop being like um things and start being real people
2: right yeah and uh and neander wallace um has got his own replicant called love who's also looking after it for he wants to find it because he wants to be able to produce more replicants quicker um but basically, it follows Kay's journey of him discovering that he might be this um, special child, basically. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to go more into the story or if we want to go on to why we like it.
0: Um, we'll go on to why we like it. So why do you like this film, Ben? Why would you recommend it to Sam?
2: Well, to me, I mean, I, I'm a massive fan of the original Blade Runner. I, so I went to see, when it, when this came out, and I knew that, Denis Villeneuve, uh, who was directing it. Um, I was very excited because I'm a massive, massive fan of his films. I'm a massive fan of Prisoners. I don't know if any of you have seen Prisoners. That's I'm I think that's my favourite. It's on my list. It's on my uh, list. Oh, that That's my favourite of one of of his films, I think. Uh, enemy as well. That's a great film. That is a bit different from his other films.
1: Um, I think the Enemy, I've sort of found out that that's based on a book that I did start reading oh, um, right. called... Oh, I've forgotten it right now. It's But it's a, it's a really fascinating book about a guy, he's just a teacher guy, and he's watching a film right, and he, yep, sees, yep. he sees himself in the background of a scene yeah, and it's he's really looking good. up, getting loads of VHSs, and he's like, wow, he had a moustache when I had a moustache, and then he didn't have a moustache when I didn't have a moustache. So he's kind of like this thing. But the writer, I think it's called Sarah Mango or something. It's been a while since I've thought oh, about Jose it. Oh, Jose Saramanga. That's ah, right. Yeah, he's got yeah, a very yeah. distinct writing style whereby Wait, he did did even... he try to kill <laughs> James
0: Bond in The Man with the Golden Gun.
1: <laughs> no, he was the one who killed Gus in uh, Breaking Bad from the wheelchair. Right. <laughs> Salamanca. No, you're thinking of Peter <laughs> Salamanca. So, Salamanca, uh, Anyway, yeah. he's got this writing style where he doesn't really use quotation marks. There's no uh, like um, paragraph breaks when right, the person yeah. is speaking. It's all prose and there are full stops, but yeah, a bit I, like didn't like I didn't get McCarthy. through it. I've never read his. Is, is it a similar thing?
2: Yeah, he did like uh, No Country for Old Men and The Road and stuff.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to read some of his because the films are fantastic. Mm. Yeah, the yeah. like the bleakest film in the world. <laughs> oh, it's depressing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I read the yeah. book and that's pretty depressing as well. <laughs> Makes
0: but yeah, List look like a bloody walk <laughs> in the park, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. So I went I, I went to the cinema to see it, and after after coming out of the cinema. I, I thought I've just seen a masterpiece like I thought it was that good um
0: did you know straight away that you'd seen a really good film
2: yeah like while I was watching it I was like this is it's better than this is so much more than I expected well from what from what I learned afterward it's actually written by the original Blade Runner screenwriter Hampton Fancher um yeah. I think Ridley Scott was originally slated to direct it as well but he was doing he was too busy I think so they got Was it Alien, Alien Covenant, Covenant. and Prometheus? I think, yeah, yeah,
0: Um, those two amazing films. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Well, basically, it it ticked all the boxes for me because I love, I love sci-fi, massive sci-fi I love film noir. I love a good detective story. Uh, I thought the, I thought the sound design, the production, and the production design were were some of the best I've ever seen in a film. I thought they were incredible. Like it was such a such an intricate beautiful film it was visually stunning um and subtle as well like it i thought there was bits that it doesn't, it doesn't really explain you know what what to think or what what is happening it's, it, it just allows you to think about it and come up with your own conclusions i enjoyed the slow pace of it I, I loved um i love the fact that it gives you time with the characters it was kind of like a Kind of like an anti-Marvel film in a way. Uh, not that I don't like Marvel, but it's it, it was a really it was a nice change of pace. Um, Shh,
0: don't let them hear you if you don't. Really like them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: They'll get you. I thought I, th- I thought the score was fantastic, like incredible. Um, the I mean the there was obviously the themes from the original Blade Runner, but they really expanded on that as well. I mean I, I've watched yeah. it in uh, Dolby Atmos. I'm not sure if you heard of Dolby Atmos, but it sounds incredible yeah. um, on the Blu-ray um the, the, but I mean, the, I've heard the, of it I've never used it <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, it's worth getting
2: it's quite expensive but uh <laughs> if you're into your film it's definitely worth getting but um th- w- what I really what the most thing I liked about it was was um I loved the uh Kay's character and in, in his arc through the through the film I, th- I really mm. it's it's really a, watching his journey of self-discovery um what yeah. what I thought was in, what I thought really put it up there as a masterpiece was that it really goes against the story goes against this sort of uh, this chosen one narrative, where yeah. a lot of films now you know some, you find out someone special he saves the world, but this one he thinks is special, he faces he, he, he his life, yeah. he, he thinks he's going to say he thinks he's you know the chosen one, and then he's just told no you're just an ordinary guy, you're not yeah you're not the chosen one, you know. Do what Do what we tell you and then and then he, he from there he he realizes you know what he makes his mind up of what what it is to be human what he 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 knows that he's not the chosen one, but he still yeah, decides he, to he, go and do the right thing. And he sort he of, chooses to
0: do the right thing, doesn't he? He's like, well, no, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna right. let Deckard meet his daughter if I can prevent exactly. him being. And it's such a it's
2: such a satisfying ending. Like I can't describe how, how how good that ending was. Like I thought it was perfect. Perfect film.
0: It's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just probably going to echo sort of what Ben said, um, and maybe say that it's like the world building in this film is it's gone. It's built upon the original film's basis, you know, you know, Ridley Scott could only really show what was capable in 19, early 80s, 1982, what a film could do, what you could show these vast epic vistas of this, like you said, this like urban world of uh, like a, I don't know, kind of almost like, almost apocalyptical sort of, you know, it's like a society existing after a, or yeah. as techs advanced, and then you see like there's also been a bit of an almost apocalyptic thing happen in the past with this. Um, yeah, you know, like you get the vistas of the um, the radar dishes, you know, in like the uh, the orange different orange colours in that scene there, where he goes to find the evidence of the child. That's stuff like that just makes this film. What well, yeah? The what I thought about the production design was it,
2: it looks like a, a real world that's been lived in, like. They've got the little bits of technology, and they, they really they really um, reflected on the, on the original Blade Runner because it feels like it's from that world. But I think I watched an interview with with the director, and he said he he hates green screens. He says it, most of the most of the like environments that they were in were actually built like sets. And he says I think he says that he doesn't like green screen because he he doesn't want the actors to think about what environment they're in. He wants them to think about you know the character and stuff like that. I think you can really see that on the screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, like in Arrival, they built that, um, like the reception cave in the... In the uh, the. Uh, um, in the shell? The, what they call, the <laughs> heptapods, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, Pebble. <laughs> Shit. yeah that
2: looks yeah. incredible as well. Yeah. Um, Roger, De- I think we should give a shout-out to Roger Deakins, the um, yeah. cinematographer. A long-overdue Oscar for him. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, in the interview in the interview I was watching with Denis he says once he got the script he sat down for three weeks with Roger and he said he deconized the film <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great little line
0: <laughs> that's clever isn't it but yeah I mean it is it's ridiculous it goes like you said it it goes through like a whole different palette colours from you know dark blues and greys and that blacks out all the way up to your reds, and you, you've got even got your green in there when you're in the um, the holographic space that um, mm. Doctor Anna Stelline lives in. You know, you've, you see it all from. Yeah, it's just. It, I mean, it's visually one of the most striking films I've ever seen. I think that's one of the reasons I've, I. If it was an okay storyline, I would say yeah, still watch this because of the visuals of this film. It's these are the kind of things that. Like, I enjoy where you have a good world building. You know, I, you know my my love for Star Wars has been. You know, I've tried to proselytize even on this podcast to Sam <laughs> about it. And I agree. Really I, I love-
2: agree. Yeah, I love. I love the <laughs> yeah. world building and setting the setting the tone of the film. It, it really, yeah. uh, really shows the quality of the filmmaking.
0: Yeah, especially with this, because there's a it's its own world that's kind of familiar to you, but it's not at the same time, um, which very much chimes in the themes of the replicants and you know they're familiar but different. You know they're in that uncanny valley sort of area of like uh, perception, right. and um, yeah, definitely with this film that that. World of, well, yes, there's, like, the bit where they're in Las Vegas and the holograms are playing Elvis and they've got these people from the 60s dancing and Marilyn Monroe. But that's the only thing that we would probably recognise as normal. But then they have these little bits dropped in of normal where they have, like, adverts for, like, Peugeot and adverts for Coca-Cola. But everything else about this world is totally alien to us, you know, that we don't have robots, we don't have have off-world colonies, you know. We don't have... you know, we don't have all these ama- some of these amazing technological advances that they seem to have in this, you know, with the we well, have holographic girlfriends. One of the things Think I liked yourself? about it though
2: <laughs> All right, Sam. The holographic uh, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I liked about it though was it still like they didn't just all use touch screens all the time. They like they still wrote things down on paper and they still had like clipboards and that sort of thing. So it wasn't like it wasn't like a future that was like Clean, if you know what I mean, it didn't yeah, feel like it. It was sterile. It reminded me a bit the scene when he was walking back up to his flat for the first time. It reminded me a bit of uh, Soylent Green, that kind of future style.
0: Oh, I've not seen it.
2: The, the Charles Neston film, that's referenced in The Simpsons uh, uh, nearly <laughs> <Yeah>. every episode, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Futurama.
0: <laughs> Rightio, as I've said. Um, so, Ben, why do you think Sam might not like Blade Runner 2049?
2: Well, uh, I'm not sure. I I don't know if this is right, somebody. I don't think you're a massive sci-fi fan. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Uh, no, I like sci-fi. No, but, I like uh, it a lot. All um, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, I probably would not put it in my top like three genres. But no, I, I love high concept things like thought experiments in film.
2: All oh, right, that's cool. Well, because like, um, I mean, the main criticisms are that it, it, it's too long and it's boring. Um, I think the only reason you find it boring if you're not really invested in in Kay as a character. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of people say it's too long, but when I watched it in the cinemas and it finished, I I thought, hold on, it it's still got another you know <laughs> half an hour to go because it felt it didn't feel like it was a two and a, two hours no, forty five minutes film. The so
1: there was a theatrical yeah. release that was two hours. I don't think so. Huh. I thought that's what I saw. Yeah, yeah, it was cool only 18 minutes. I, th- maybe I got the wrong.
2: No, no. I, I, well, not all I know of anyway. I, the one I saw was was, you yeah, know, 2 hours 45 minutes. Right. But like I say I was uh, when it came to the end, I, I thought there was still half an, uh, at least half an hour to go. Um but yeah, so I think that's the only... if you're not really invested in in the characters, um then you yeah, you might find it you might find it boring. Um hopefully not.
0: I think you can watch this film without seeing the first one, but there are parts of that film that are just necessary to have seen that f- to know what happens in that film to to connect with this film.
1: Yeah, I think things yeah. like Harrison yeah. Ford wouldn't really mean much to you and so on without the first film.
0: Have you
2: seen the first film, Sam? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was relatively oh, late right. to it. I think I was like twenty five, twenty six when I first watched it. Right. How old were you right. when you watched it, Ben?
2: Uh, I remember I'm in mean, the DVD when you know I was at school. I can't remember the exact age. It was before. It was. Uh, it was. It was in high school. I watched it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Did you think then it was a good film because you know some films like this can tend to take a bit longer to appreciate? Maybe it's interesting to say your that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I loved it straight from the start. I love. I know, I did, I saw the uh, the director's cut version um because obviously there's been a lot of different cuts of the film um but yeah and i, I absolutely loved it I and then I, I lent it i lent it to a friend and he said this is boring <laughs> and I, and then I, recently my my friend's son um is. has tried to watch it and he's a big fan. My, my friend's a big fan of the Blade Runner this new one and his son had to turn it off because he, he couldn't watch it <laughs> it was that boring but I, yeah, yeah. I, I was a big fan of it I mean I I was into sci-fi um I loved uh Alien Aliens I think I watched them before I watched Blade Runner um yeah yeah
0: it's is... not I, it's more film noir than sci-fi I think is are both of these films, they just happen to be sci-fi.
2: Yeah, and, cyber cyberpunk, and it it's kind of kind of invented the genre. It's interesting. A lot of the criticism of the original Blade Runner, when you see like people who watch it say, "Oh, it's all cliche." There's loads of films like this, but <laughs> there wasn't before that film. They're all copying Blade <laughs> Runner. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Um I think maybe one reason some might not like this film is. It's kind of, yeah, it's more or less what you said. If you're not invested in Ryan Gosling's character and Harrison Ford's characters, and you're not kind of wanting him to... You're not invested in the mystery of who this child is right. and what happened, then it might leave you feeling a bit cold, maybe maybe a little bored. It does. It is a long film, but it... I'm, I was a bit like you. There was... I kind of, the only criticism of it I would have personally is I would love to have seen the conversation between Harrison Ford's Deckard and his daughter because she talks to him and then he just puts his hand on the glass and it ends. And I was like, no, I want to know what they say to each other. That was so interesting
2: just, because when I first saw it, I wanted it to end on K I didn't want it. I thought that bit where Harrison Ford, I, I just wanted to, it, when, when Kay lies down, I thought, right, that, that's a brilliant place to end it. I think I've changed my opinion a bit now. yeah because I thought it was yeah. all about Kay. It, it was his story. But it was a box office flop as well, really. Um, it didn't do very well at the cinema. Um, I think Denis Villeneuve described it as the most expensive art house movie in
0: cinema history. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've jokingly written down in my notes that uh, it's the most expensive um, film to ever ask the question, um, you know, what is it? what does it mean to be human? Right. <laughs> you know, $185 yeah. million. I mean, it's incredible on, it, it
2: got made, like... I'm just so happy it did.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I personally didn't see it at the cinema. Um, It just. I think I would also argue that maybe it came out at the wrong time. I don't think it should have come out in October. I think they should have released it in like January, February of 2018. Yeah, I think that would have been smarter because then it would have been more Oscar worthy, I think.
2: Yeah, well, it was nominated for a few, obviously, but yeah. Hmm.
0: Well, what we're going to do is we're going to find out what Sam thinks of the film coming up after the break. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. So, we're now going to find out uh, what Sam thinks of Blade Runner 2049. Um, so, before we, Sam gives his answer, Sam, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: do you think she... Androids dream of electric <laughs> Almost certainly, yes. <laughs> so yeah so what did you like about Blade Runner 2049
1: well there's a few things that you've already both said that are are the obvious really like things it's a gorgeous looking film isn't it I mean you know I love Roger Roger Deakins really I love Roger Deakins because of Shawshank Redemption it's not that long ago that I found out actually he was you know involved in the Coen Brothers films and all these kind of things but Anyway, really great cinematography. Again, I've mentioned in a previous episode. I don't know what makes great cinematography, but some of the shots, like walking through the uh, in Las Vegas, you know the um, the big women uh, sculptures things, even stuff like the water reflecting
0: on um, the the um, Wallace Building, you know where it's or the old Tyrell Building, if yeah. that makes sense. Which is um, yeah, just like in. Um, Wallace's like lair (laughs) and in uh, Love's office you know there's all the shimmering the shimmering sort of like the the shimmering of the water thing.
1: I mean that was another thing actually that yeah big beautiful completely impractical sets I mean you'd have a migraine constantly like living in that room I just got so (laughs) sick of it being on screen I was like alright I couldn't live there Christ Um, yeah Gorson's great I mean how does he not fall into the water by the way where is the water I didn't really anyway I missed that um yeah, Gosling <laughs> plays it really well because it, this film, not to underplay it, reminded me a bit of Equilibrium in his journey. Have you both seen that, Equilibrium? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In In that, yeah, you know, he's the at. Christian Bale character, Sapper Morton, Dave Bautista's character, is almost like the Sean Bean character who's, you know, he's kind of introduced him to disobedience in some way and he's he's around for that and there's that really great moment when he's in with Anna I think it's when yeah when he's in with Anna for the first time and he and he oh gosh what is it it's when he realises is it when he realises it's his memory he thinks it's his memory that's right he? and he goes god damn it he says like
2: I, I know it's real yeah. yeah
1: and it's like a very human he's reaction. trying to
2: confirm that it's a real <laughs> Real memory, yeah. yeah, and then he, yeah, that that was amazing. I, I love Ryan Gosling, and I think he's, he's such a great. And actor. what a great role he for was in,
1: because this allows him to not really speak oh, much and be slightly robotic without being, you know, Crichton from Red Dwarf or something like that. You know, yeah. without it being funny, yeah, without it being funny, he's allowed yeah. to yeah. use that. His, favorite, his
0: striking visual presence that he puts yeah. on screen,
2: right. It, my favourite film of last year was First Man. Right. He's, he's amazing in that as well. I def- definitely that. Did you like that? I, wasn't,
0: that? I wasn't sold on that in oh, the end. I was really disappointed with it.
2: I, I thought it was incredible. <laughs> Honestly, it's like... It's
0: visually striking, but I think it's hard to tell that story it. because it's, it's told over many years I, and I think it's too condensed. After th- watching it's it... It's quite a long film.
2: Yeah, oh kind. yeah, it's a really long film. After watching it, I, I think it's in my top ten films of all time, First Man. Wow, yeah. I do
0: like the bit where he stands on the edge of the crater, and is it he puts? Is it the no bracelet spoilers? Up? Yeah, I've, I've not seen
2: it. Yeah. I've
1: not seen it. Yeah, no, don't spoil anything. Uh, <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah, no spoilers. But you know the scene I'm on about I think that was that bit
0: brilliant.
2: Oh yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's what it gives it such emotional heft, doesn't it? Like. Yeah, I was nearly but in I think it was
0: devoid of that until that point. That was maybe my problem with it.
1: I just loved his. Well, let's not discuss first man. It might be a film. You <laughs> Actually, that's a fair point. That's almost certainly a future episode. Then, if you've both seen it and I've not, and Ben, it's one of your top films of all time. So yeah, I will yeah. say that. So yeah, it's it's perf- perfect for the role. He's it's a very difficult role because he's got to somehow subtly get across to the audience this ambiguity. Because he's not ob- he's not obsequious. He's not like he's an obedient replicant, but he's not. Like kneeling at the feet of uh, of his commander and all that, he just he doesn't disobey openly and he does what's exactly. told of him. Yeah. And but you can sort of see it behind his eyes. And again, going back to Equilibrium, uh, based on nineteen eighty four, you know he's got to always outwardly be pro the party and like uh, you know pull it like towing the line. But you see that over time it's a Pinocchio story isn't yeah, it you know, he's becoming a real boy <laughs> over time
2: <laughs> it's like playing a, playing another character that he's already playing if you know what I mean like he's playing like two characters one is his actual character another he's playing another character on top yeah
1: yeah absolutely you, you know that he knows who his paymasters masters are and what he needs to do for that but you it's, I don't know what it, I don't know how an actor conveys this but you can see that there's a there's a life behind that as well isn't there um, mm. there's it's almost
0: metaphorical of the condition of which he finds himself in the character itself because he's somebody pretending to be human but he's not really human so almost that's an extension of his his replicant nature is that he's well I've been playing human for so long now that I need to be human in order to fulfill what I believe is happening here I'm going to Put this, this you know, this uh, this act on, and people will believe it because they know. Who yeah, and
1: there's a, there's a re- it leads to like the major talking point, and really the, the the most obvious thing to talk about here is, is the idea of, is a thinking machine alive in the same way that a human is, right. and what's the difference in philosophy in these areas? They talk about the idea of a zombie, and a zombie is somebody who appears to have an, an inner conscious experience but doesn't, but has all of the appearance of it. So, the, and the idea goes if you if you really take that that there's like solipsism which is really that you're the only conscious being in the universe and everybody else is a zombie they outwardly seem like they've got a conscious experience and really you can't see that you can only see your own conscious experience and you can take it a step further and you can say okay if if everybody in the world did have a conscious experience but suddenly overnight they became zombies you wouldn't know and they wouldn't know because they wouldn't right, have the right. conscious experience of knowing or not knowing. <laughs> Nothing would change, and you could become a zombie and you wouldn't realise. Um, and there's a really good sort of thought experiment here by Searle, who talks about the Chinese room, and he says that you could sit in a room and you've got books and books of sort of translation. Sorry, Sam, can you just say to the audience who's Searle? Searle, a philosopher, a philosopher. Um he and he uh so you can sit in a room and you've got all these like dictionaries and translations and somebody puts a chinese uh symbols to or like a sentence in chinese you could look at all the books and say how that translates and what you need to then do and then you put that as an output so somebody posts it through one door and you post it out another door and to the observer they wouldn't know that you don't speak chinese it's like you know right. we can only see the inputs and the outputs yeah. and we've got to infer from that and okay. that's kind of what we have to do with replicants is that they, they seem so human. There are times when you go, wow, that's a very human response. Why wouldn't they have a like a, a less yeah. fallible response? But then you go, oh, because they've got to be convincingly human. Um, and yeah, so
2: we... Because we, they've been created to do that. Yeah,
1: and really, and we're always basing on, we base our sort of image of who we are based on what happens to us and how we react to that and how we have reacted to that in the past. And that becomes the sort of story of who who you are. And I think this film is really good at exploring... The extent to which you can actually be conscious, and that you can know that somebody else is conscious, and what value that places yeah. on consciousness?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so many, so many philosophical questions it raises. I mean, to me, uh, the, what, what I got from it is that it, it, what what it doesn't matter, you know. Um, your, your decisions make what make you makes you human, really. Not what you know, what you what you've been told or what you've been born into, really. It's sort of like. Um, a question of a choice, really? Maybe. I yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I think it's a film about really about dreams and, and delusions, like because obviously from the start, Kay he he's dreaming of being being human, and mm. when he thinks he is going to be, when he thinks he is human or he has been born, he thinks he's got a soul, and I just think yeah, yeah. like I said, he has it, a
0: dilemma, doesn't he, when he yeah. speaks to his um, lieutenant and he says, "Oh, I've never." killed anything with a, or I've never retired anything I think he says with a soul before yeah um, and that's and his lieutenant basically goes well don't worry about it you've been getting on pretty far <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. So, yeah, and it is, it's this yeah.
1: weird thing that they're so technologically advanced and yet they're still talking about a soul it's like this sort of weird pride thing as a human to separate yourself from a replicant that is actually better right. than you because it doesn't give in to emotions as much as you do. It's stronger than you, more impervious to pain than you and will follow orders more, well, you know, yeah. more accurately. Does she come
0: on to him at one point, like very briefly when she goes, When what would I, you know, what would happen if I finished this oh, book? Yeah. And then he kind of just looks at her as if to go <laughs> As it, well, well we know. I was yeah, thinking. I was thinking that. Like, well, no, but, he's basically an obsessional yeah, sex like, robot <laughs> that looks like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, at that point, it'd it? it cross your mind. And then it? she's like, "Oh, well," <laughs> but she does kind of that look, doesn't she? As like, "Oh, I've just said I'd shag the toaster." <laughs> 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 it's, oh, how could, you know, the shame that flashes across. That's brilliant directing and acting, by the way. Yeah. Just FYI, just I, that, <laughs> on upon watching it. This is the third time I've seen the film. Now, upon watching it again, I was like. Wait a minute! Did she just come on to him there, and did she then feel immediate shame the second he rebuked her by saying, "Well, I have to do that if that's what you want," yeah. <laughs> and therefore she lost interest immediately, and
1: you know felt guilt and shame about it. So yeah, it's a little subtle, uh, subtle acting. Yeah. yeah, subtle. Yeah, ambiguous. There was a great thing that Ryan Gosling said at Comic Con for this, which is. He loved the original Blade Runner because it was the first film he saw where he wasn't sure what he was supposed to think, right. and he wasn't su- supposed to, like he wasn't sure how to feel at the end and who to like and who's good and who's bad, and it really captures that because yeah, you, I think that's what can turn some people off because they're used to being told what to think and they, they feel like right. because it's not telling them maybe it's not a strongly directed film and, and all that sort of stuff, but actually that's kind of the point, isn't it? That it's a it's a very ambiguous film. It about was interesting.
2: It was interesting something that the director said in an interview when he was asked about is he going to answer the question of a Deckard as a replicant, and he said he 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 thinks he he loved that the question, he loved yeah. he called it a, be- a beautiful vertigo, which I thought was a great that's great crazy phrase. A phrase, and he said he he think mm-hmm. he thought the answer was less interesting, exactly
1: so- yeah immediately you you ruin. Another avenue of possibilities, and, right. and Ridley Scotts answered that yes, he was a replicant, and Harrison Ford said no, it's n- no, he's not. And they and do Denis really v- well in this film. Denny Villeneuve not to said it. that.
0: Sorry, but the Denny Villeneuve, he's, uh, Villeneuve said for this film that the one he grew up on was the one where there wasn't the dream sequence in the uh, re-release version, and there isn't the, um, the final. Quote, so right? I th- my understanding is in the in the original, the dream sequence where he's dreaming about the unicorn. Isn't in the original cut, but then a second release that was done, or the director's final cut, there is the dream sequence, and that Gaff leaves the unicorn to say that look, I know you're a replicant, and because I can, because we're able to look into your dreams. Right. Is that? Yeah. Is that well, that's on my understanding. The the original
2: that. theatrical version, uh, and yeah. the voiceover and the happy ending, which everyone agrees, everyone. it was ridiculous. Um, Aberration. But yeah. Then the director's cut. Yeah, you're right. Hugh, you had uh, removed the voiceover and happy ending. I think uh, that's the
0: one I've seen. But yeah. my understanding is Denny Villeneuve said he the one he fell in love with was the original cut. Mm. Well, Harrison Ford.
2: Voiceover. Harrison Ford is adamant that he's he's not a replicant. Like he was really like well, the way what Denis Villeneuve says is that he was really angry with Ridley Scott. Like they, they just they disagree <laughs> on it big time. Because he yeah. he the said point, the way the he played it, he played it as definitive. a human.
1: Right. yeah 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 and yeah. that's it and like he wouldn't know the character wouldn't know yeah exactly that's sort of the point so we shouldn't know because nothing's mm. changed that I think it's that in um it's been a long time since well it's been a good five years since I saw it and I think I've only seen it once is the final shot him or her having a, like a flash over their eye as they're going into the apartment the, fi-
2: the final shot oh, one is, of the final um, shot the f-
0: Oh, yeah I can't, I can't I can't remember i've not seen it in a while myself actually the I know is, that there's a, at one point people say that oh he is a replicant because you can see that thing that they flash the, like the eye flash yeah. but I think that was that's added just, yeah
2: that was added i think that was
0: well I think it was just an course. onset thing big the technique that they used to do it was. Like a very specific construction with light shining directly into the pupils that just the way Harrison Ford moves around the back of her, that it just gets in his eye as well and they Mm. couldn't take it out in post because they didn't have the ability back then (laughs) Um, but then I think because that's in there, I think Ridley Scott's changed his mind on this a few times as well by the way I don't think he, I think he came to a decision in like the mid 2000s to be like,
1: you know, yeah he is a replicant there (laughs) you know, debate settled The funny thing is that as soon as a creative has put it out there, it's no longer there. It's not in their power to say that.
2: Right, exactly. It could
1: be, oh, that's how I intended it, but that's the the the, art, the product is the product you know if J K yeah. Rowling comes out and says that Dumbledore was gay well <laughs> that's fine that might mean you can try and read into that but if you read it and he wasn't gay then then he wasn't gay Do you know what I mean like it it's not yeah, up to the, yeah. it's no longer up to the creator to say actually canonically that's the case it's up to the I, to the VR I think for this yeah. film though
0: I think you you need to be certain either he is a replicant
1: or he isn't because if he is
0: a replicant then you go well yeah he's a replicant um, like tyrell tyrell sorry last um like uh, like what wallace says in this you know his last like gift to the world or whatever was that they can make replicant babies essentially but Although, if he's I mean, not the a replicant, mo- the mother was a replicant a real, way. a real miracles happened and you know what sapper morton says about you know because you've never seen a miracle because if a baby yeah. i i read it as that deckard was human um and that they had a baby somehow. <laughs> but it's yeah. interesting, Ben, that you say that he's a replicant. Well, no, and I didn't,
2: I, I didn't think, I didn't think that he's a replicant. I think I'm, I, I didn't really know, but I, I think I go down more the side that he's human. It makes more sense that he's human. What I do think. you think, so?
1: I prefer the idea of him being a replicant, but I'm so happy they have not confirmed it on screen. And I'm so happy that when he was on this film, they didn't have a fist fight so much as he had a gun and Kay didn't want to hit him. If they had a fist fight, that would have confirmed that he's a replicant or not, because he'd either he'd have been pulped or he would have been quite good in a fistfight. fight. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Like they, they 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 you know, he's aged, which is what some of the Nexus can do. And he's not impervious. And they're not all impervious. I don't know, like I just like the ambiguity in a it's like with Inception, you know, the the spinning top doesn't drop what you know, it's just because it's, it's, it's not important. Yeah. Because that's the point, yeah. Because it's not important. Because it's that he he doesn't care anymore, and he goes off to his children. And in and the, these films, it sort of doesn't matter that he's a replicant or not. I mean, yeah. either way, the child is a miracle child because the mother was a replicant. The point yeah. is that the point is that it made you think about it for four hours, like over mm-hmm. two films, um, which is which is really yeah. great. You know, this this film is made, These films are made to make you think about big things in an entertaining way.
0: Mm. Yeah, what does it mean to be human? And how close to humanity can we get? How close can we recreate it? I think there is an obsession within humanity to try and recreate life because even though we can do it
1: through the conventional method, we're not... Clever enough to do it through an artificial method. Have you ever seen those Boston Dynamics videos? You know with the robots. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And a lot of the time, they they test their durability or they test their ability to balance by sort of kicking them. And you, yeah. like, do you ever get you feel the sympathy like they're oh, little for, dog yeah yeah. Just, you get, and you I go get oh little god little no angry, no, yeah. and then you go oh no it's just nuts and bolts. But actually, you know, we're humans are just flesh and blood. Yeah. Like we're we're bestowing upon us souls when that makes no sense really. We, I'm, I'm sure there's an evolutionary. 100 percent. Answer for that. <laughs> yeah, in the same way that we we feel more sympathy for you know, things yeah. that look vaguely like us like chimpanzees exactly. than we would a yeah. you know a slug. Insect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Right So um Ben, what was your favourite scene? Well was, well well I must on, I must on, talk on, about what I didn't like. So those are the oh, things I liked. Oh. I've not enabled my,
1: my review yet. Oh dear. <laughs> so those I are just, all the great things about it. Yeah. What, what did I didn't like. like the number one thing is Harry like we talked about Bradley Cooper shouldn't have been in the credits for Placement of the Pines. Harrison Ford should have been nowhere near the promotion for this film. It's it's the capitalist need to this film that means that he was on the promotion campaign. He was it, he shouldn't have been in the credits. You know, he shouldn't have been anywhere on the poster or anything like that because it's 2 hours before he turns up. And that was an exciting moment except I was just waiting for it and I was like why is Harrison Ford not here yet?
0: Wow. So were you yeah. annoyed
1: that it came a lot later than you expected? No, I mean, he came at the just the right time, but I wish that they'd never mentioned that he's in it <laughs> in any <laughs> of the promo. I know that they would have made 50 million less, fewer dollars, But but, you know, it would have made for a much, much better film because... Because well, it didn't I, make much I,
2: money anyway, really, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it made its money back in theory, like it got £260 million, but obviously we know that it's only to double the money to clean its face, yeah. as Mark says. Yeah. Um But yeah. that was the num- number one problem, I think, because there was no mystery about that. It was just like, like you said, Hugh, you were just waiting for Bradley Cooper to turn up in Place Beyond the Pines. I was just mm. waiting for Harrison Ford. It's like if Kevin Spacey was on the poster for Seven... You're like, well, yeah. I wonder who the killer is then. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're two hours into this film, and oh, it must be Kevin Spacey, that's it. Um, yeah,
0: I suppose I, you knew yeah. that he was going to be in it. That's That was the problem, wasn't it? That you were like, if they if you didn't know he was going to be in it, they could have teased him being in it, and then when he turns up, you're like, oh my God, fuck me. Harrison yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ford, he's been, back, Deckard's alive. He's not a replicant. I don't know, I, I think, think that's he's a, had a, he's had a baby with a He's had a baby with a replicant. What, what's going on here? Even, Yeah, I think... I wouldn't have probably watched it if he hadn't been in it. That's why That's why he's on the promo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, wow. because... Not
2: even a, Ryan Gosling?
0: <laughs> I would have just been sat going, well, if Harrison Ford isn't in this, that's because he was a replicant, and that's answered the question that really right. Scott, Scott Sanchez said. And this is a... I mean, I've, one thing I would say about this film is, I think it's a really great film... And so, and it comes down to is this a loving facsimile or a pale imitation of the original? Because you could kind of argue if you don't like the film both ways. Because I think it's a facsimile of a really great film. And my critique, me. I would say, is that it doesn't have Vangelis doing the composure for it, like they've got in Hans Zimmer and Benjamin uh, Wallfish, I think he's called. Um, right, and I would have liked to have had Van Gogh's fingertips on this again, uh, with and because they're kind of they're doing a they're doing kind of a a kind a, compo- a composition similar to what he did, but his original composition was much more striking.
1: Like it really
0: gets in your ears when you watch that film.
1: Where See, this, yeah, is it like you can't I'll... you can't win though, can you? Because if it's a lot like it, you go, oh, this is just a pale imitation. If it's not like it at all, you go, oh, this is too much of a diversion from. From the original, I, I prefer
2: yeah. I prefer this one to the original. I think wow, it's a better really? film. Yeah, like I, I, I do think this it's well, in, actually yeah. I think it's improved <laughs> it on the is. film. I think the main the main improvement that it has is that the actual main character has got a, a, a story and an arc that he goes through. Whereas on the original, Harrison, like Deckard doesn't really you know he doesn't really have that as much of an arc. I mean, the I love the original; it's amazing. But I really I, I felt more of a connection to this film just purely with Kay's character.
0: Yeah, with the original, the interesting character isn't Deckard. The interesting characters Roy Batty and right, his yeah. and him coming to terms with the fact that he's artificial and only has a four-year lifespan, and that he's got all this potential but he's never going to fulfil it because he's got this internal death clock. Exactly. That's not good enough for him and he wants to free his people and all the other things that go along with that film where in this Deckard's an interesting character because you see the world through K's eyes so they kind of flip it around in this film so in that film you look through a human's eyes looking at replicants in this you look
1: at a replicant looking at humans through his eyes Right. It'd be interesting to see a Blade Runner from Batty's Batty's Robatty's point of view, wouldn't it? Really, it's such
0: a weird name to call <laughs> your character, <laughs> especially <isn't it>? in, <laughs> you know
1: in England. Batty, you Batty, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 He died this year, didn't he? Rutger Hauer? Yeah. he did. He it, yeah. Sadly. same year that the Blade Runner was set. So yeah, true. Was it? Yeah. yeah, probably a few like six months before his character did. He's a great actor. Yeah, he was fantastic, um, brilliant so, in the original. The, the main thing that was, that was the main thing for me. Harrison Ford was in the promo. It was too long for me, um, and I'm not. I'm not against slow burn films. I mean, I enjoyed Tree of Life. Terrence Malick, the slowest fucking film I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> oh, and I, I, loved... I I'd
2: even watch that. I don't want to watch that. It's too exactly, <laughs> it's yeah. A bit too much. And I'm, I'm
1: I'm hoping that you and the listeners aren't thinking of me like a philistine, thinking that. Maybe that I can only enjoy Marvel films or something like that. I did see like a YouTube comment uh, on a video about this film. Somebody saying some people are saying this is too long. Well, there'll be another Marvel film for you guys. Don't worry about it. But like, I I, I love the master and I love Paul Thomas Anderson films. For me, it's because he lingers on things that are meaningful and, and need lingering on. This film just lingered on everything, and I think really, if I'd have watched it at like two p.m. in an afternoon. Um, when I was fully energised, it wouldn't have been too long. But the fact is I kept falling asleep the first time I watched it. It had been a very, <laughs> long, day. It been a very, it's very long day. It's definitely
2: like, a film you need to be in the mood to watch.
1: Exactly. And it was, so it was on Tuesday this week. I knew we were recording on Thursday today. And I thought, right, well, I've got to watch it this evening because um, I probably won't get time on Wednesday evening. Right. And I was genuinely falling asleep. So I had to stop after an hour and 20 and then... Find an hour last night to watch it again, right, and it was just it was just taking its time too long with everything, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. It means that you really get to appreciate the visuals, you really get to appreciate what it's saying, especially a film like this that doesn't hold your hand through everything and it is ambiguous, uh, so it does give you that time. The but- only scene I would have cut out is the bit when he goes into i mean it's literally
0: one like a minute or something is when he goes into Las Vegas and
1: he's like comes across the beehives,
2: yeah. Yeah. Like that's got to mean that does
1: well. This is it. it doesn't for go me. anywhere. For me, yeah. for me it they wasn't like it. it wasn't like cutting out scenes like that. It was just cutting Shorty, every scene man. down by ten seconds. You know, a lot of shoe leather, um, a lot of silences, and I think that's right for this film to a point. I think actually, fundamentally, I needed to see it at the cinema mm. because yeah. those oh, yeah. long takes, those long silences, they're there for you to bask in it and I can't really do that when I'm tired and it's my own living room in the same way
2: I definitely had a better experience watching it at the cinema I mean I've enjoyed watching it on on my tv and everything but I I I, it was it was special at the cinema like really
1: special yeah because I knew that the soundtrack and the visuals it was just and I wouldn't fall asleep in a cinema and I never have and I wouldn't but I do yeah I did think I would have absolutely loved this film if I saw it in the cinema because I watched it on film in, in my TV, on my TV in my living room. Old, Ben's old TV, actually. Thanks again for that, Ben. Um, How's <laughs> <That's> the sound <laughs> base? It it's bit. really good. Yeah, the sound <laughs> bass really helped the, <laughs> with the film. <laughs> Thanks for that as well. Um, yeah, so it, you know, it just didn't hit as hard as I wanted it to. And it's one of those where I kind of go, um, I really want to love this film and I'm not loving it. I'm not in it as much. And it, it's probably... You know, you you get from a film what you bring to it, and I brought to it someone who's very tired from right. a very long day's work <laughs> and a long yeah. week, and um, probably yeah. a bit of seasonal affective disorder. I reckon with our, at this time of year, <laughs> it's just like there's my, yeah, my brain is just melatonin. That's all it is PM. at this point. <laughs> so you know, it took any opportunity to fall asleep, my brain. So it it is too long in the wrong context, I think. Okay, here's it, it, so, an interesting talking point for you, sorry. Um go on. He, I would look to looking at Roger Ebert's Our Friends um review of the original and yeah. I wondered if you agreed with this and if you think it also applies to this film. So he said um uh he's talking about Ridley Scott, he seems more concerned with creating his film worlds than populating them with plausible characters, and that's the trouble this time. Blade Runner is a stunningly interesting visual achievement, but a failure as a story. I wondered if you agreed with that. On some level, um, and if that's still held in this one, I can see where he's coming
0: from. I think the that, but I think that's a problem of the genre of film noir. Generally, I think it has an issue with holding the attention and the story sometimes because the characters tend not to say what they're thinking. They you know, like you said, there's that version they had to put a narration in it to help the audience understand the film in the original cut. Where if you watch it without that, you still understand the film, but you might not get what Deckard's emotions are like. Mm. I kind of find that his love story in that film's a bit weak. It's like, oh, he
1: just likes this replicant. He's shown no outward sign of it. As part of that same review, Ebert said, the obligatory love affair is pro-forma, the villains are standard issue, and the climax is yet one more of those cliffhangers, blah, blah. Yeah, it's got the same trouble as the replicants. Instead of flesh and blood, its dreams are of mechanical men. Um, So you think that this film didn't suffer from that? Um, I think it suffered from it a little bit. Like I said, no film's perfect, and I think maybe that
0: was, I think maybe one thing personally. I don't know about you, Ben, but for me, I wasn't entirely attached to the character of Kay hundred percent. I was more interested in Deckard and his response to finding out that he had a daughter.
2: Yeah, I see. It was the it was the opposite for me. I was I was completely invested in in Kay. Like, um, I will probably get into favourite scenes, but that the scene where he's just found out that he's not he's not the the, um, the special one and he's looking at the big advertisements at joy. I thought oh, it really got me like it. He, I was real I was really connected to case stories. Deckard was a, a good part of the film and, um, the scene where he's captured and he's, uh, he, you know, he sees the, um, new replicant of, uh, of, uh, what's her name from the original? I can't remember. Um, Young's character. Uh, uh, Rachel. 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 Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it, it that that is obviously you know, um, I think, I think they kind of reflect the stories because in that scene, Deckard says, you know, I know what's real, and I think Kay says that as well when he's trying to find out if his memories are real. He goes, I know it's real. I think that's what the film's about. Really, is uh, what you know what is what is and isn't real, um, and is how oh, do we perceive reality? Yeah, and
0: exactly. Thing. How easy is it to manipulate? Do you think that's an air you're breathing? the film. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, is that you're breathing? Matrix. Now oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But
2: going back to what you said, some about Roger Ebert, um, the original Blade Runner. I think he's definitely, he's definitely got a point. It's, I mean, the biggest, the biggest selling point to Blade Runner is the production design. There's no getting away from it. I mean, it's just, yeah, just incredible. Like I say, and the plot is the plot. That's why I prefer this film. I think the pl- the, the the characters. I think even other characters in this, in like joy and love as well. Um, obviously, Deckard. They, the all, love is
1: a brilliant, sort of film. Yeah. Uh, you know, like she's really
2: interesting. Like, what? Why is she doing what? What she's what she does in the film? I mean, there's a questions that because she's been
0: she's been told to by her by her master because she is. What are the new generation of why robots? does she kill? But again, she, she's got she that kills same Joshy. thing as Kay, She really. kills
2: Joshy and says, True, "I'm going to yeah. tell. I'm going to tell him you fired. You fired at me first. She's got. So she's yeah. got her own well, agenda.
1: It. Yeah, it's just like knowing your paymasters, masters, doing what they're telling you, but having your own inner life mm. with that. That's what makes them really human. Actually, is that that but they're when not she's, a machine that's just like a toaster that you just put down and it does the job. When you know, she stabs Deckard, uh, sorry, when she stabs. Uh, k on the beach and says
0: i'm the best yeah i'm Just the best one to the i'm the best one yeah. yeah yeah but again that's the greatness of this film i think is the characters are believable i think to a certain extent yeah they're messy, this world. They? yeah and even the robots and the or the androids aren't perfect i think that's you know, another you, theme of
2: the film as well that the humans are more yeah. like robots than the actual replicants <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know there's not many human characters in the film, but like Joshy, she's like they're just going through the motions, really, aren't they? The whereas the replicants are really questioning their own; they're the ones who are questioning their own existence.
1: Yeah, yeah. they've got a they've got a quest, haven't they? Whereas the humans are a bit sort of well, they know <laughs> they know. I think are the human like characters
0: a, though the ones that drive the story? Because essentially. Kay finds out that there might be a baby born of a replicant and, and Joshi goes, right, to prevent chaos, we have to stop this. When, obviously, Wallace is aware of this, he's got this megalomaniac desire to create mm. um, you know, a slave race of replicants and his motivation is to get that child to be able to do that. So there's also a very strange human angle from it. I know that, obviously, the story doesn't start without... Uh, K going to see Sapper Morton in the in the farm, but and you could say that's the main plot line. Yeah. Through I think line one to of the begin
2: with. one of the things that it raises as well is, like you're saying, like the humans have like what's the, I think it's kind of a message that we're becoming we're like utilizing computers. Like um, with Neander Wallace, he's he's obviously blind and he's using his using computers to see and well, you know, uh, technology to see. Uh, And it's kind of, I think, I mean, this is what I I don't, I don't think it's the main um, message of the story, but I think it kind of says about how humans are becoming more reliant on technology and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you touched on it there. So what are your favorite scene or favorite scenes in this film, Ben?
2: Well, my, when I first watched it at the cinema and it, it started the scene with Sapper Morton and, uh, and then he, then he was driving back to the, uh, to the LAPD, the precinct, and the music was incredible there. And, and then he goes into his ba- first baseline test, and that was oh, when that I just—it it was so really intense. Good. Like I, I watched, just thinking, "Yeah, this is this is going to be a good film." And so yeah, so that's so the two probably the two baseline tests
1: <laughs> interlinked, interlinked, yeah, which yeah. we can talk about. That, I mean, it, it's mysterious, isn't it? And you kind of understand it sort of as to what they're doing, but not really. It's intriguing. well, it's from yeah. it's
0: from uh,
2: Pale Fire which is obviously referenced quite a lot in the, in the film. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've read Pale Fire, um, but I haven't read it, but I've been reading a lot about it. It's, I really want to read it at some point, but yeah, a lot of themes of the film are from, are from that book. Um, and that, that whole section, you know, uh, cells within cells interlink within cells interlink with one stem. Um, and what I think it's, um, uh, what's he say? I think I wrote it down. Um, and dreadfully distinct against the dark, a tall white fountain played. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's from Pale yeah. Fire, which um, yeah. So that scene, I just thought, and then in the, his next baseline test after he's after he's been like you know trying to find out if he's if he's the um, Deckard's son. Mm. It's just so subtle how you just know that he's failed the base the test. It's just little pauses, little like looks yeah, in his yeah. face. I thought, yeah, that yeah, yeah, it was the
0: pauses for me that yeah. showed it from compared to the first one. And then, the although other, I like the guy's reaction because it's like a tiny pause when he's you going, your line's way off. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, like, oh, I, I suppose off. that's what they're looking for, deal. isn't it? Yeah. So, and then the, the, obviously yeah. the other one that I mentioned is the scene where he's he's uh, just been, just found out he's been told to kill Deckard by the Resistance, and he sees Joy, and you can read so much into that scene what is he what is he thinking what is he going through and that's it's a point where he decides to save deckard obviously i thought that was that was incredible
1: yeah what about you Sam? what was your favorite scene uh, there's a few but i think my i think the one that stands out is um k's first meeting with anna where he's mm-hmm. trying to find out if the memory was real and he has a very human response to it and it, that from his arc point of view i think that's so significant that i i love that quite a lot and it's a very beautiful scene in terms of her making all the uh, all the scenery and the the birthday cake memories and all that sort of stuff I I really love that scene how about you Um, well
0: I'm not sure I've kind of like I've got I wrote down three of them here that I kind of like I like the I really love the scene at the beginning with Sapa Morton with Dave Batista's character I'm alright in thinking
1: that that was supposed to be the first scene of the first Blade Runner that it was going to be yeah yeah that's right which would have been a good illustration of what his job was um, yeah. But they
0: changed it to just him doing the... In- oh, no, they changed it to him watching an interview of somebody doing an interview on a replicant who then kills the yeah. interviewees, if my yeah. memory serves me correct. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a brilliant scene, like, because it's that, that, just the tension there where they're both... They know why he's there. They know what's mm, c- about to right. go down. Yeah. They both know that there's no other way this could happen. So...
1: It's very good at establishing Kay's right. character as well that he's got this huge guy who's got every reason to try and kill him and he's not and he's not making eye contact a lot of the time. He's looking down and he's puts his gun on the side and it's just this, he's got, you know, you know this guy's not to be trifled with because he's very confident in this scene considering mm. what he's up against and he's sat down and that's a really good establishing point. That, and you go, well, there's no way he's going to beat him in a fight and then destroys him.
2: Right. And then you realise, yeah, the, that he's a replicant because I didn't know that yeah. while going into the film. Really, that was the first. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That was a very, well, they have, very, have to establish that, out. don't they,
0: f- yeah. to the audience? Because mm-hmm. because they didn't really say in the film in the promotional material. It's yeah. just, Because, like Sam said earlier, they can be. They're 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 not indestructible. They're just a lot tougher than humans. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to establish his baseline of vulnerability, sort of thing, is quite good for the rest of the film. Uh, Makes for good um, action. It really Dave does, Bautista yeah, is good films.
2: Dave Bautista is such a
0: great actor. I, I mean who brilliant. knew he was such a good actor? He's ridiculously good, isn't he? I know. Yeah. He's in, he's, he, he
1: was of all of the WWE superstars he was not that good on the mic and you wouldn't you wouldn't think that he would go on and be the actor, you know, he's yeah. a brilliant wrestler, real like juggernaut of a thing, but he was never good on the mic and never that charismatic except in his actual physically charismatic yeah, that, there's surprised. actually um,
2: there's actually three short films out on YouTube, um, like prequels to this that were actually made. I think uh, there's an anime one, and there's one with Dave Batista in, done by different directors, but were actually sanctioned by the uh...
1: Ridley Scott's Son did Luke did ah, the did two it. live action ones, yeah, right. And fun fact, one of my students was in that. Was in really. That film. Wow, yeah, she plays incredible. the girl. She plays the girl who's being. Uh, oh, attacked. Oh, what the
0: little girl who's getting attacked?
1: Yeah, one of my students. Oh, really? Wow. What? <laughs> yeah. oh, she's,
0: really, she's really good in that bit.
1: She's <laughs> The one that, <laughs> yeah, the one that she gives the, boot, <laughs> that gives the boot
2: to power and the glory.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It was when... So I met them all in September and asked them what they want to be and and so on and she wants to work in film and she said, oh, I was in Budapest filming this thing with Dave Bautista, have you heard of him? I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was sort of humble enough not to say it was a Blade (laughs) Runner-related production and yeah, it was for... for, Research for this episode, I was watching that. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is crazy. So, is it weird seeing somebody you know acting in something? you... Yeah, and having yeah. quite a meaty part. You know, not not just being like a one line thing, but actually being a significant part of the thing. It was yeah, surprising. not just an extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Well, yeah, she's good in like, it. Weirdly so, personal. <laughs> kudos to you, Gaia.
0: <laughs>
2: Get her on the podcast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Brown star. <laughs> yeah, and that shows that character's threat as well, doesn't it? That he takes out like four guys, doesn't
1: he? Kills yeah. these four guys. because you look—it's a big guy, feeble. but he looks quite old. But you know, he's still got mm. it. Well, he's a replicant. He's, he's still a yeah, like, exactly. an android, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Um, but then
0: the the other two scenes I singled out that I really enjoyed. I really like the um, the sex scene with. Um, oh, with he lads, lads, lads! Get yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Beca- <laughs> yeah, sexy, bring, no. bring the turn down, Sam. <laughs> well. um, because it's that weird melding of... The, the human with or the the perceived mm. human with with this thing that he's come to love yeah it's really well done yeah. to him it's real I mean, oh it's well, another, that um, shot from behind where he's, she's running his hands over it through his head yeah. uh, the back of his head and there's like instead of it just being two sets of hands there's like four hands yeah but they're like overlapping and yeah I think that's really well done and, have you
1: both seen the corridor crew episode where they're they're talking about that or they're showing that yes um, I have
2: yeah I think I have yeah when they're saying the shot. They shot it twice, didn't they? One with one actress, one with the other actress, and then they kind of yeah. interlaced it over the top. But then it was yeah. actually
1: much more insanely complicated than it looked. And it's I mean, really it, from that that I, that I saw that Sean Young's character, Rachel, was in this again, but completely CG, you know, that, that character just completely 100% CG. Mm. Um, Do you know what made me laugh about that Corridor Crew YouTube uh, video was the fact that one of the guys
0: on that didn't even realise she was CG in yeah. that scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I think, think because yeah, I I'd seen the film, I knew straight away she was CG, Maybe if I hadn't seen Blade Runner, I wouldn't have known, but I still, I was looking at it again today, and I'm like, it just looks CG, I don't know. Some CG is seamless, but I don't think that was. it's good, but I don't think it's as good, I don't think it's good enough to fool you. So I was surprised when an know, expert said when you, he was fooled I don't know, I think when you know, it. when you know, it's obvious, but I don't... Yeah, your brain can't fool you, your brain doesn't fool you. Do you yeah. Kind
2: of I think it's the fact that it was completely CG rather than just like being imposed on another
0: actor or something. yeah. Yeah, 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 it was just 100%. You well, could, it was, yeah. no, it was imposed on another actress. Oh, was it? Okay. No, no, it was 100% CG. That's what they were yeah, saying. But, oh, well, they had like a stand-in who did the, the head and shoulders for um, for uh, Sean Young's character, for Rachel. I might need to right. watch that again
1: because I'm sure they say 100%. I mean, maybe like they've got, they'll, She's they'll listed have a on the, actress in there. There's as... a
0: picture on the internet on IMDb. If you go on the IMDb and mm-hmm. you go down to the bottom, the actress is there and you can shoot, and there's a four square picture of how they digitized uh, Sean Young's head onto her body. Right, I see, I see. Yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think that's so, but then I don't, that scene is good, but I don't think it's good without what you said, Ben, about um, when he comes across that big naked advert for joy (laughs) (laughs) and it's like and but what's great about that scene is that it follows straight after the scene where harrison ford meets this replicant version of rachel yeah rachel 2.0 because he's they're trying to tempt him by going here's the thing that you love so much and we'll give you this if you just tell us where your daughter is and you can be happy again and you can stop being sad (laughs) (laughs) essentially is what he says to him that's his kind of his um his Dilemma, and then he says no because this isn't her, this is a different Rachel. It doesn't matter, you can make her look as much as you want, like my Rachel, but this isn't my Rachel. And mm. it's exactly the same that what Kay has in that scene is that is the joke that looks like joy, but it isn't my joy. And yeah, it's that it goes back to that kind of theme inside, it's like inception where. Leonardo DiCaprio character says oh you're a shadow of my wife you know you're the best I can do but you're, you're not a perfect replication of her mm. and that's quite striking in this film that both of those images at the same time back to back they're both striking replications but they're not the ones that they want and they're not the ones that they, they fell in love with which I think's what probably makes that, those two scenes back to back my favourite part of the film
2: yeah, I mean, I think when, on the actual scene, they actually, that the, there was a giant version of Joy. Like, I think they did, like, project it onto some screens or something, so it is actually, it's not done in post. It is actually there, I think.
0: Well, that's epic. Yeah. It does look cool. It's a bit weird. I mean, they have different agency yeah. rating standards you know <laughs> ad- advertising standards in in a, an apocalyptic america yeah, in 2049 do... cuz she is start bullet naked in stark, the thing start bullet
1: naked and there's another one where there's a, there's a, a big woman but she's in the street that cars are uh, driving on and it did take me out a little bit when there's a dystopian future that's not a believable dystopian future when there's something about it where you go, well, they're still, they're still humans, so they're still not going to put up with some things. And you can go, well, consumerism has got to a point where blah, 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 and all that. But there were bits that got to me, I thought, this. I'm not sure how believable some of these aspects are. Right. Okay, lads. So, next
0: bit is, what are your favourite lines from the film then? So, Sam, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, I think one of the criticisms I'd have of the film is that it's not funny enough. But there is a really funny line uh, that you might know what I'm going to say when he's uh, going for the records. <laughs> yeah, he goes. My mum still cries over the lost baby photos. Well, it's a shame. You must have been adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bit's very funny. Can I, yeah. yeah, and I think you you said um, in our episode about Midsummer that Ariasta said a film without humour is a film wasted, and I do yeah. think that this film is dangerously close to being too serious and not not having those those light edges because oh, yeah, it can end up be yeah. a bit too i don't know the word not you know a bit too yeah it gets close to being pompous if it's not funny enough so i really mm, like that yeah. line yeah is that your favorite line i think that's my favorite line certainly my funniest line and i really like a line that Kay says to the guy running the sort of orphanage sweatshop thing um now you can tell me what you remember or i can put a hole right here and take a look I thought I was just a just a witty yeah. threat. Yeah. Can we just have a quick Very thirty film seconds noir. on
0: uh, on uh, the actor who plays that guy? What's his name? Um, oh, the British guy. He... Um, yeah, what the guy from Snatch? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, what is his um, name? I know that. Do you know, this happens every week on this bloody podcast. I know exactly who I'm on about, and then when I come to it, I, my brain goes, "No, you're not going to know it right this second
1: um, <laughs> He's not a household
0: name, I suppose.
2: I know what you mean, yeah. Lenny James, that's, that's the it.
0: one, yeah. Can we just appreciate how great Lenny James is in, like, everything he's, he's been in <laughs> he? since he turned <laughs> about 40? <40. laughs> he's just got one of these faces that just looks so brilliant for acting. Yeah, I saw he's him a good actor. He was in something. We watched... Um, he was in 24-Hour Party People for, like...
1: He's that's not right. in much. Yeah, that's right. And it,
0: I was like, is that a different person? Because that's not Lenny James to me. You know, if that was, <laughs> if that was my, the Lenny James I'm used to, he'd be broody and, you know, chewing the scenery and, you know, filling Cockney, up every probably. scene that
1: he's in. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. And a Cockney, probably. Or, you know, he'd <laughs> be sort of a yeah. cheeky chappy. Yeah. yeah, I think he's a brilliant actor. I, I can't get enough of him and stuff. He
0: he's in good. The Walking Dead and he's good in that. He was um, in the
2: first series of Line of Duty as well.
0: I've not seen that I hear it's good
2: yeah it's really good yeah definitely worth yeah. watching what were your,
1: you, uh, your favourite lines? Ben?
2: well um, one comment I've got to make is there's not as many like memorable lines in this as there was in the original Blade Runner yeah that's true like I love so many lines in the original Blade Runner but um,
0: isn't think... the famous line didn't Rutger Hauer actually improvise that yeah it it improvised he improvised the whole like, thing yeah. yeah wow yeah. Yeah.
2: that's crazy yeah uh, my favorite that's line the most from the memorable lines. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line from the original Blade Runner is um, "It's too bad she won't live, but then again, who does?"
1: That's really good. yeah. That's something you put on a poster, that isn't yeah. it?
2: <laughs> exactly. But yeah, for, so from this film, I mean, I, I can't pick. The, I can't really pick the ones from the baseline test they're, they, uh, because they're from a novel. They're not. I don't think they're in the script. But that, I think. Do you don't
0: think that? Yeah, original line. What's your favorite yeah. original? Line, um, I suppose. I like
2: a um, I like uh, dying for the right cause is the most human thing we can do um, yeah that's, that's good
1: that's good that's and I like
2: uh, all the best memories of hers as well but there was nothing yeah. else that really stood out
1: yeah that's impactful yeah 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 just
0: for uh context, that line from Blade, the original Blade Runner, that Roy Batty says I've seen things you people wouldn't believe attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion I watch sea beams glitter in the dark near the uh, Tannhauser Gate, all those moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain, time to die yeah, <laughs> beautiful way to die yeah. I like the la- and, and then isn't... he <laughs> Sorry. yeah, and then he dies because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's about to kill yeah. Harrison Ford and then he doesn't realise well, he's out him, of time yeah, well, he lifts him up, doesn't he? To monologue him. <laughs> <laughs> There's another line like I like um,
2: in the original Blade Runner where he's found. He's just found the uh, the guy who's created his eyes, and he says, "What things I have seen through your eyes."
0: Mm. That's yeah. great. Mm. But it, yeah. Well, put, the original was written by Philip K. Dick, wasn't it? He, I'm guessing some of the lines in that movie would have been from the original author.
2: The actual, the actual book. Is completely different from the film. There's not even the word. not even the name Blade Runner in in the uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. I've oh. read it. It's so different. Like it's 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 got that. It's it's the same like sort of universe, but it's it's uh, yeah. It's it's not really following the same story.
1: That's almost always better for a film, isn't it? Because it's a different medium, so you've got to think about what the film needs. Like we talked about The Shining, really. The differences are are for a good cause. I do need to read more sci-fi. Funnily enough, I've read Isaac Asimov's autobiography, but I've never read any of his work. Philip K. Dick's
2: Dick's great. I've read a few of his. Ubik. Ubik's a really good book. I'd recommend that.
0: He sounds like he was mad as as cheese. Oh, it took a lot of LSD. Toasted mostly, yeah. He loved the original Blade Runner,
1: though. (laughs) Oh, good. He, I, I did did, did he die just dead.
0: before it? Yeah, he died
1: before no, it came I, think,
2: out. I think I remember reading yeah, that. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I checked he, today, mate. He died in March, and the film came out in September.
2: I'm sure. Oh, I think was. I think he'd seen some of like the uh, the first cuts right. or whatever, or some of the concept yeah. art. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, that's I, good. I think he said it was going to be a, like a, 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 a um, it's going to be genre de- defining film. I think that's, yeah. yeah, it
1: wasn't yeah. It wasn't wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I think uh, my favorite line in the film. Um, it's from Wallace, where he says, Even before we know what we are, we fear to lose it. Mm. I, that's think that's, I think that's the best line in this film.
1: Is Jared uh, Leto a good in this, or is it just another one of the, his pretentious things where he's, he's just a bit of a. Tit? I like him in this because he fits this world, and yeah. you could imagine that somebody like him would exist in this world. Do you know, so uh, he's gone method by being a megalomaniac. <laughs> do you know, <laughs> do you know who
2: was the original actor in mind for the role?
1: Oh, let me think. Um, I know it, but let's he see. Die, he
2: died before the uh, before it started filming.
1: Oh, oh. Um, so he died in what 2016 sort of time. I'm so tempted to say <laughs> Alan Rickman. <laughs> I thought it might have been one of your quiz questions here,
2: but. Uh... Yeah, that's well, I no, so I who
1: died t- around that time? So Philip Seymour Hoffman died probably a couple
0: of years before. That. I always like to have my well. He thinks about. it I like to have my quiz questions based on the film, rather right. than things around the film. <laughs> that's, yeah, but It would have been a good. Enough. It would have been a great quiz question, but yeah. it's one of those oh. you either know it or you don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah oh um,
1: no, I'm trying to think who died around that time. I mean, Anton Yelchin. It, you been... don't
2: think of an actor. Think of someone who's who's not prominently an actor, but he has acted.
0: Yeah, before oh, before before eleven though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me a clue? Can you give me a clue? Um, so different uh, coloured eyes.
1: Uh, oh Bowie, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Huh. I was watching it today with that in mind because I didn't know that until I would read the trivia on IMDb, and I was imagining David Bowie in those scenes with uh, Harrison Ford with and you know with. Uh, Wallace uh, that he does. I I like Leto in this. I've I don't dislike Jared Leto or oh, Leto, however you pronounce. How do you pronounce it? Leto, 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 tomato. Jared Leto. Yes, yeah, um, I think he's a good actor. I don't think he's the best actor in the world like he thinks he is. <laughs> you know, he's no Rusty. He's no Rusty. <laughs> I think he's a good <laughs> actor. He's he, well. Yeah. He, didn't he?
2: He won an Oscar, didn't he? For uh, yeah, he uh, won an Dar- Bar- S- Ar- S- Ar- Ar- Oscar Dallas
0: Club. Yeah, Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, that one. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, what? What was he? Yeah. He was in that. He's good in that? What's that Darren Ar- Aronofsky film
1: called? Oh, was, the that, uh, was that the one about um, Mark Chapman? Was that the
2: No? One? no he's he's trying to the, think what It's he about, about drug, drug addicts. Oh, um, for Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. I've yeah. Not oh,
1: seen it. yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, that's on the list. Maybe that's you can recommend that to us, Ben.
2: It, well, uh, yeah, I don't really want to watch it again, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> <It's> fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I've been recommended that it.
0: film in the past. Mm. but yeah, so I mean the whole thing about suicide scored is there is a film in there somewhere that it's just not the film we saw oh, <laughs> I
2: thought that was rubbish
0: it's just
1: It's rougher. so bad isn't the it the worst and the worst choices for Joker as well to, could like just on costume alone it's the worst
0: I don't know i'm I'm not entirely convinced that he did a bad joker I think he was he was somebody who just got singled out as being bad in this really awful film because he was so because it didn't work if it had worked and yeah. he was and the film was still bad then people might have carried on there's with it.
2: there's a new him, uh, I think there's a new Suicide Squad coming out didn't it directed by James yeah. Gunn Gunn is the Galaxy mm.
1: it's kind of like a soft reboot apparently I mean yeah. I'll I'll watch it I think yes but I might oh, not to the cinema to watch it I like the director yeah, yeah. yeah. so in, in, in this home,
2: James Gunn
1: I've not the one that I've seen he uh he was uh Scooby Doo was alright hmm. He Scooby Doo. He you do Scooby Doo? Do, do do yeah, Doop. I think he, I can't remember if he co wrote it or directed it or something. Originally it was going to be R rated. <laughs> I did hear <laughs> the Sarah that. Michelle one. <laughs> yeah. So that's why Velma's got like cleavage the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> There's
2: a film he directed called Slither with Nathan Fillion in. That's a great film.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that good? I've not seen it. I've seen, didn't he do Slither with um, Oh, yeah, so, Ellen Page. Uh, yeah. In. yeah. Yeah, that's great. That film, I really liked that one. I saw that, that was unexpectedly good. Um, another line I like in this film is, uh, "You can't hold the tide with a broom." Yeah, I mean. yeah. And then, then nice. I like her response to it as well, where she goes, "Yet yeah, I did." <laughs> <She thinks laughs> yeah, the babies. That's that's a really good bit. And then, um, obviously, uh, Dead Batista's "Because you've never seen a miracle" is a good mm-hmm. line as well. And, and then they, they, they play it twice <laughs> more, don't they? Yeah. So <laughs> they they definitely thought themselves that that was a good line (laughs) when they were making this film. Um, So, yeah. So, coming up after the break we're going to find out what Sam's rating of Blade Runner 2049. We'll do the critics and the quiz. See you
1: then. See you then.
0: Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. So, Sam... The burning question that both me and Ben have is how many electric sheep
1: out (laughs) of 10 would you give this film? I don't honestly know. I've got a number written down. Right, well, that's not the question. (laughs) Fine. Seven. Go on, what were you going to say? Seven? Seven. Just because it's obviously brilliant. I can see that it's really high quality. And if someone wants to give it a 10, I wouldn't be cushioned on that. But just... I fell asleep <laughs> and it means that it, it means that it didn't do its job twice really, you know? So it eight, yeah. So seven. If you
2: fall asleep in a film, you can't, you know, give it higher than an eight.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those, like, it's like saying, Oh, this comedy was brilliant. I didn't laugh once, but I can see that it would, would be funny to somebody. You know what I mean? It, it's like that. So I feel like maybe if I was, if I saw it at the cinema, probably a nine. To be honest, yeah. You think
0: it's you? It was limited by the fact that you watched it in very comfortable surroundings. So
1: seven out of ten is not its intrinsic value. That's just my reaction to it. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, What about you, Ben? Just while we're on ratings, when
2: I walked out of the cinema, it's ten out of ten, and I'm still debating whether it still is. I'd say it's it's nine point five or a ten. Wow. I know you don't. I, I, I to me, like I think it couldn't have been any better. And because I'm a big fan of the original, I was I I, I just I, I thought that they made such a, a brilliant film, and yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect for what it is for me.
1: It makes well, it so much better that you loved the first one, and this could have shattered that. Right. Do you know what I mean? If this was a, yeah. just a spec script and original concept, then. Yeah there's nothing riding on it. It's why I love Cemetery Junction so much because my hopes were so high and right. I loved it. You know, yeah. Whereas if it was just a film I watched just went in off the street because it was raining, I'd probably go, oh, that's a decent film, seven out of ten or whatever. But because I really didn't want it to be shit <laughs> and yeah. I loved it, it, it suddenly became 15 out of ten for me. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I know it's not yeah. that good. <laughs> I think with
0: this film they could have there's been so many examples where they've made sequels and it's gone horrifically wrong and it mm. ruins the original. Um and one with such a long gestation period as well. I mean, I think it was thirty five years between the two films coming out. Yeah. I yeah. mean I can't yeah. think of any sequel that's had a longer time period, maybe. Mm. I think it's the best Those, one of the best sequels maybe ever made. Star Wars is like thirty three years between the Technical sequel coming out, Mm. but there was other Star Wars films in between, so I suppose that doesn't really count. But it is up there, isn't it? With your aliens, with your empires, with your Terminator twos, you know, with Lord of the Rings, um, uh, the Two Towers. It's a Toy Story two. Toy Story two. Yeah, it's
2: Godfather Part two.
0: Yeah, it's you can't you can't knock it. I'd give it like probably a nine if I was to give it a rating personally. Yeah because it just could have been a disaster. <laughs> and it, so it brings... It's interesting, Sam, you say you want to read more sci-fi. It's interesting because Denis Villeneuve, at the moment, is actually uh, directing um, oh, yeah. a June film. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. he's going for it, yeah.
1: And I mean, I've, like I've the, had no intention of reading text. it, so, yeah. I wouldn't read you, yeah, so... it's, uh,
2: <laughs> it's a bit of an epic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, um, I do think my attention span is ruined and I've got no energy at all from, you know, working and being a father and all that, so something really pulpy and, and just enjoyable uh, space romp. I'll tell, you what, I'll, tell you
2: I'll tell you what's perfect for you to read. Uh, it's called um, the, Star, the Star's My Destination by uh, Alfred Bester. It's really good. I'm making Uh, a
1: note as we speak. Yeah. The Star's My Destination.
2: Yeah. I I read that. It's got, and I just read it really quick because it's just like you say, it's just an epic space rom. The plot goes so fast, but it's got so many themes. We should start
1: a sister podcast. Please read this. <laughs> yeah,
0: Ben, you you and Sam can do it together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you'll find time to do. I think it'll be podcasts, over pretty Sam, quick. But good luck with <laughs> it. No, I don't want to. That's it. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I don't think you can do it weekly. That
1: podcast. I think you'd have to. No. do it
0: I've
2: just started, I've just started reading a book called uh, The House of Leaves. Now, oh yeah I've heard of that yeah it's really interesting not, I won't say any more about it but yeah I'll I just put it out there as a recommend
1: oh is that the book where like some of the pages are actual yeah. leaf things and yeah sort of
2: horror horror story
1: this is a good long trailer for our sister podcast please read this <laughs> annually <laughs> <Yeah>. at least <laughs> yeah. one episode a year yeah, <laughs> when you get terrible. so I started reading this f-
0: uh, book in January uh, and now in December I finally finished it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it.
1: That's right, right. So,
0: speaking of people who write things, would you like to hear what the critics wrote about it? What a them. segue! This is a pro. <laughs> I know. Yeah, brilliant. Is, that is
1: episode twenty level of skill. That. <laughs> Imagine on, what we be us. like on episode forty-nine. I know. Uh, See what I did there. I don't want to 20, forty-nine. Tell us, uh, tell us what the critics said. So. Um,
0: our other favourite critic, Mark Kermode, said in The Observer, the sequel to Ridley Scott's 1982 classic managed to, manages to be both visually stunning and philosophically profound. Five stars. So That's Kermode. Good. It's so hard to both, loved, isn't it? it? <laughs> <laughs> I, saw him,
1: I saw him speaking on a uh, BBC, uh, BBC news programme about it, and he was getting quite emotional. Because he's just, like, like we said, his expectations were so high. He loved the original so much. And it was a relief. And the joy of watching a great film combined. Yeah, yeah, he was a big fan.
0: Yeah, relief is always a good word to, to use. I mean, after the first maybe hour, the relief had turned into just enjoyment and engagement with the story and the the, the visuals, I think. With this yeah, film. It's,
1: the first scene is so important in a film like this where you just want to go and relax. We can unclench. Yeah. They've not ruined it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so Robbie Collin in the telegraph, he wrote in a similar but distinct way to Ridley Scott's Masterful Original, Blade Runner twenty forty nine mulls one of the meanest questions around. Is it surface or is surface all there is, or do life's currents run deeper than the things we can see, hear and touch? Denny Villeneuve's film Toys with Both um options, making neither a comfort, and in this process maps out one of the most spectacular, provocative, profound and spiritually staggering blockbusters of our time. So he really Mm. liked it. Um,
1: Any any dissenting voices?
0: Um, Just, well, actually, an interesting kind of dissenting voice. Not so much in a review, but on its maybe financial... Uh, failure was uh, Ridley Scott saying it was a little bit too long Um, that's pretty, that's quite damning because he should really be kind of maybe promoting it but I've noticed (laughs) with Ridley Scott he very much kind of tells it as it is, I mean he's got that luxury that he's made so many great films and he can be like,
1: yeah, that's that's just his style. He's like, yeah, it was too long. We sh- yeah. should have cut it down I'd, a bit I'd love more. to have that don't give a fuck money and reputation where you just go, <laughs> I'm Ridley Scott, okay? I can see what I want about a film, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Ridley Scott. Bang, there's my
0: cock. It's got Gladiator <laughs> on it and fucking, you know, all these great, what other films? Yeah, Blade Runner. What other great films? Ali- Aliens, Gladiator. I would say the Stone Cold classics from Ridley Scott are uh, Aliens, Blade Runner, Alien, Gladiator, not aliens. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Alien. Yeah, um, Alien Gladiator, uh, Blade Runner. Maybe. Um, what's it? The Mars one? The Martian. The Martian. Yeah, he's yeah. one of those characters.
1: We'll he's one of those directors where you can go. Oh, yeah, he directed that film that I really love, uh, that's a big part of my childhood. Like, Steven Spielberg's the same. Like, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can. And, you know, all these films Jurassic Park and She's List and an improbable number of great films. Jaws,
0: (laughs) Close Encounters, and the third kind. Not the fifth kind, like I accidentally (laughs) said on the previous (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Fucking idiot. So, should we do the quiz? (laughs) Yes, so let's do the quiz. So, what we'll do here is. because this quiz is mainly for Sam, I'm afraid, Ben, but if Sam doesn't know the answer, maybe you can jump in and answer. Okay. Um, We'll find out. Rightio, so question one. We'll start with a classic of the uh, please-watch-this-pod type. What is Ryan Gosling's Gosling's character's full name? Oh, Jesus. Did you write it down? No, I didn't.
1: (laughs) And if I did write it down, I wouldn't be reading it like you, you know, right now. Um, KD67. Something like that. Constant, constant K. KD Special K. Yeah. <laughs> Cocoa Pops. I don't, I don't know. KD
2: no. forty-seven, sixty-eight, ninety-seven. Okay. <laughs> ben, do you
0: know? No idea. Oh well,
1: well I'll tell you his full name because that's a serial number that you're going to give us. His full name is Joe. Okay, that's his name.
0: Right, we're not doing semantics <laughs> so here. His full name, his his desi- his serial number, which is his name, is KD six three point seven. Yeah, yeah I'll I'll take close it. It. I'll rolls off close. the tongue, so memorable.
1: <laughs> KD six, and some others.
0: Yeah, but you could argue it's also Joe. Yeah, well, which I will, which I will. Yeah, uh, but you still won't get a point for it. So unfortunately, well, it wasn't lucky. This is fine. Uh, what? So question two: What
1: year was the blackout? Um, twenty twenty
0: two. Correct. Well done. Wow. Oh yes, I don't know where I pulled that from. I didn't know that.
1: I think one of the one of the shorts is set in twenty twenty two. I think that's where I remember that from. Yeah, the, anime the first.
0: One. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and they they mention it a couple of times. The year in the in the film, um, yeah. it is mentioned. Okay, question three. What was the name of the book that Deckard quotes to Kay when he first meets him?
1: Treasure Island. It was, well yeah. done. Yeah. Written by, for an extra point, Robert Louis Stevenson. Fantastic, mm. well done. Racking up the points. Okay, question four. Which
0: two companies appear in this film that are no longer corporate entities? Oh, Atari. Yep, there's a big Atari advert that a he very flies big. Atari through. And what then else? there's a more subtle one. Is famously not even a company at all anymore. I think Atari still is owned by a different company and sometimes they release indie games where right. this co- company does not exist anymore. It comes under the Blade Runner curse. <laughs> Have you ever uh, heard of the Blade Runner Cola. curse? Is it Coca Cola? Yes, it's Coca Cola, that famous <laughs> company. That's yeah. so what it is. This? There's no Sony, <laughs> There's Coca Cola,
1: there's Atari, and there's. Um, I don't think I'm going to get it. Ben? Is it Pan Am? It is, Panam, well done, yeah, it's Pan Am, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's a
0: smaller advert on this one, but it appears in one of the shots, you know, that Ben was on about that he likes when he's going through the city. Um, yeah, yeah. It's There's also, uh, for those keeping score, a Coca-Cola, a Peugeot advert, and um, I think there's one more for another company. Oh, the, Sony, that's it. Yeah, there's a Sony, Sony advert. Yeah. So you can, I mean, Sony are literally in it because they... Um, it, it lots of money yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah product placement. okay and then and then finally I think you'll both get this quite easily but uh what colour are Rachel's eyes <laughs> green well done yeah <laughs> that was a good quiz I like that well I am to please <laughs> um, you know, so in that yeah. you got one two three four, you got five right because you've got the extra bonus point oh, for the author after cool. Treasure island so five out of
1: five related then a little, little quiz a route um how many Harrison Ford films have we now seen for this? <laughs> <trailer>? <laughs>
2: wow! Um, so you've got you got Empire Strikes Back. You got mm-hmm. you got the uh, Indiana Jones first one. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm, this. Yeah. Sure, there's another one somewhere.
1: There's one where he has a cameo near the beginning. Oh yeah! Cameo. Unexpected cameo. Is kind yeah. of uh, he's not really he's the, fucking. the scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alexa, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa <laughs> wants to give you the answer.
2: <laughs> is it who who, who uh, recommended it? Hugh or something? I recommended you, it to Sam.
1: Episode uh, he, six. He I might, might not have. have listened. to Oh, is it, it Rogue <laughs> <laughs> One? Was he in Rogue? Was in Rogue One? No, no, he's not in no.
2: Rogue One. Um, no. I think he it was. It's, it's uh, from
1: 1980, I think. 1980. 1979. 89.
2: I'm
0: not
1: sure. it's
2: not coming to me um,
1: Apocalypse Now oh I forgot about that yeah <laughs> of course he's in that
2: I was thinking yeah. I because I, one of my favourite films is uh, a film that Francis Ford Coppola made in between The Godfather and Apocalypse Now called The Conversation
1: oh yes it's fantastic
2: yeah. and Harrison it's Ford's that in that in it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah it's Gene Hapman <laughs> mainly but Harrison Ford is in that as well oh is he yeah yeah it. it used to be my favourite yeah, film can... but I haven't seen wow. it for a while
0: and that's the future, like, I'd like to watch it. Mm. Rightio, so that was, apoc- uh, that was Apocalypse Now. <laughs> that, was, that was Blade Runner 2049. Um, did we yeah. all have a good time? We had a jolly good time. I enjoyed so would it. You come back, Ben?
2: Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> Are you going to go home and dream of cheese and electric sheep? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I might read another Philip K. Dick book, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's a, a very good idea. idea. Yeah, after uh, um, House of
0: Leaves. One thing I did like in the film—did you notice when they go see Gaff? He uh, does an origami
1: sheep. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there the you big, go. The big question on everybody's lips is what we're we going to watch next week. Now, um, what well, are we going to watch next week, Sam? Usually, we decide this beforehand. What I thought we'd do is have a very quick, very quick production Argument. meeting right now to decide. <laughs> Argument. So these are your options, Hugh. Oh, oh, I got options this week. And I, don't, I mean, I've not asked Ben if he's available, but Ben is definitely signed on at some point to do the thing. So that's an option. Yep. You could also have Pan's Labyrinth. Again, of course, Ooh, Ben's welcome. Film. Yeah, I think I first watched that with Ben, actually. Um, or you can have Baby Driver.
0: Hmm. Well... I think I will go for Pan's Labyrinth Pan's Labyrinth good yeah choice. that looks like a, an amazing film and uh, I'd like to really like to watch it and get it out well get it out of the way and nothing says Christmas more like uh, <laughs> a creepy the Spanish um, Civil War <laughs> yeah yeah the Spanish Civil War yeah nothing says horror and fascism says Christmas you know, Christmas <laughs> <laughs> well so there Pan's is. Labyrinth what do I what do you know about it Pan's? already then uh, Gilmero Del Toro directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got that guy with the weird eyes in his f- palms. Yeah, it's, about, it's got Nazis. Well, it's got Franco fascists in it. Yeah, um, your favourite kind of fascist? Well, I mean, any any fascist that takes a nap at twelve thirty, in my opinion, is a, is, a, is a better fascist than a, a well-rested fascist. fascist yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, beautiful, think... great news! It's available to watch on Amazon Prime, everybody. I've, so I've, I've, I've we can save Blue two Ray. quid this week. I literally bought it on Blu-ray a few months ago. <laughs> oh, cool.
0: That's why I picked it. To be honest. <laughs> 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 no, I do. I really do want to watch it. Behind uh, the curtain here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're having a. We've picked it on on air, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So are. we'll do Pans Labyrinth, and hopefully a
1: good time will be had by all. Yeah. And Betty, if you're available, we'd love to have you back on. Yeah. I mean, it is one
2: of my. It is one of my... Films are, well, probably one of my favourite films. Yeah, I love it. I'll see. I'll you're see. Not it if available next week.
0: Yeah. You're not pigeonholed anymore into the horror genre of coming onto yeah. the pod. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Exactly. Do, what you, do what you want, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is
2: going to be the first foreign film you've done on, on your podcast, isn't it?
1: Very good point. Yeah, mm. I think you're absolutely right. Well, we've done a lot of American films. Well,
2: yeah. yeah. Foreign language films.
1: Yeah, so I just had to yeah. clear that up for yeah. our. Yeah. American friends Yeah, you're absolutely right I think it is uh, I mean, there's a bit of uh, Portuguese in Senna But um, right. uh, I'll accept that he's yeah. a foreign language foe <laughs> Cool, well, Ben As always, a pleasure we were going to get you on many, many more times I reckon yep, Thanks for coming on again, Ben
0: No problem It's been great
1: Always great to hear your opinion on films How can our listeners get in touch with you, Ben If they uh, if they want to take issue with you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> probably uh, contact you and then you contact me
1: <laughs> so you are secretary now your agent yeah. uh, Hugh how can they get in touch with the show
0: well if they want to get in touch with the show what they have to do is they have to become the head of a major uh, replicant corporation <laughs> I think that you know for, I mean there's the nitty gritty of inventing uh, replicants but I'm sure you can you know if you're an entrepreneurial type you can find somebody to just, do it just for pop it on your wrist. Yeah, or under your eyelid as well, yeah. if you do, In fact, if you write the message under your eyelid, quite small because it's a long message, you're going to have to get really neatly in there. Come find me, pull your eyelid down, I'll read it and I'll respond to you there and then. Failing that though, they can email us at pleasewatchthis.pod.gmail.com. Sam, where can they find us on the
1: internet? We can find us on Twitter at pleasewatchpod and on Facebook, pleasewatchthis. We, uh, we use Twitter a lot more, so uh, that'll be the place to find yeah. us. Yeah,
0: hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. I've um, just
1: changed the settings today so you can DM us even if we don't follow you back. If if that you if that's your bag. Yeah, I mean my bag's got laptop equipment in it your bag is uh, Swedish penis pumps isn't it um, <laughs> along with my book uh, why I love my Swedish it's <laughs> pe- s- Swedish penis enlarger. <laughs> I really wish you hadn't seen that so we could watch that film again this week and uh, talk about it. but alas the nature of our show means we can't yeah. lie to our audience we've been we're, we're uh, handcuffed to a format <laughs> <laughs> that we decided on uh, it's been a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. thank you guys thank you for listening everyone if you made it this far Yeah, if you haven't made it this far, well, I'm not talking to you, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Sod sod yourself. Yeah, Uh, Uh, But other than that, we love you all. Thanks, guys. Except for those ones that are sodding themselves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every day. Right, okay, so, yeah, have a great week, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.